Appreciate everyone also watching by live stream in this particular um, ex experience this morning. We're so pumped that you're here with us and hard to believe it's the last weekend of August. You are closer to Christmas than you ever imagined. I'm not sure what happened to 2019, but it is moving by quickly. Well, good morning. I am glad that you came, and, and so I, I have this plaque that sits on a shelf in my office, and I thought I would bring this up here this morning and share this with you because I do believe that this is, this is extremely, extremely accurate, and it says this, change your thoughts, change your world. I, I do believe there's so much truth to that. If our thoughts can change, our world can change, will change. And so I wanted to share that with you. I keep that on my shelf as a reminder, thank you, as a reminder um, to myself to make sure that, um, that my thoughts are thinking the right way because you are the only thinker of your thoughts. That means you are in charge of your thoughts. God's not the thinker of your thoughts. You're the thinker of your thoughts and your life is moving in the direction of your most consistent thoughts. And so a few weeks ago, we started a brand new series we called this series Rethink. And what I'd like to do for a moment is just quickly review and then jump in what I want to say today. And I really, really believe that by the end, I'm going to give you something so practical that you're just going to be on a different level. If you'll receive it. So um, to make it feel warm and fuzzy, you can give me some amens. Go preach it. Bring it. I'll take some of that. Give me the hot chocolate, whatever. Just, just we're going to stir up the atmosphere the, this morning. And so the Bible tells us, we've learned this. We're doing this series called Rethink. And the Bible says this, that you and I are made up of spirit, soul, and body. We have three dimensions. And our spirit, when you became a Christ follower or you got born again or you became saved, your spirit was made completely brand new and it's complete, it's finished. That's the eternal part of you that lives on in heaven. And so that, that part of you is complete. Um, you have a flesh that if you did not notice, it did not get saved. That's why Paul said there's this battle between my flesh and my spirit, and I want to do the spirit thing, but I keep doing the flesh thing, and there's this battle. But we also have a soul. Now, let me explain your soul. When you see the word soul, it means the core of your life. It's your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's where you feel. It's where you're determined to do. It's where you think. So when we talk about our soul, we're really talking about our mind. And so the Bible says this, that our mind has to constantly be renewed. Here's the good news for us. The, the Bible says this, that there is the word of God that's full of energy and it cuts through spirit, soul, and it cuts through the body. So it cuts through all those things and it can change our stinking thinking. And, and let me say this to you. When you realize in your life that you have some wrong thinking, and we all do, you do, I do, one, it's the most humbling thing to just realize I've had some wrong thinking. It's very humbling. It's very challenging, but if we begin to let God remodel our thinking, it will change your destiny. It will change your life. It will change the, it, it, so your, your spirit man's been changed. So it's possible to be saved, to love Jesus on your way to heaven, and man, still have an unrenewed mind. And I'll be honest with you, I was telling the first crowd this morning at 9.30 that I had to watch a little bit because... Um, when I started learning about this, it was a game changer for me, and I had to watch because I got a little bit angry that I grew up going to church, 
week after week, and no one ever taught me that. And so I had to just let that go. But when I began to learn that I'm the one who thinks my thoughts, but God can change my thinking, there's areas of my life that I've got freedom in that I didn't have. There's areas of my life I have blessing in that I didn't have. And it's all because if Jesus can change your heart and your spirit, do you think he can change your soul? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so this is where we've been the last few weeks. Week one, I said, here's where it starts with rethinking. It starts with recognizing wrong thinking. It just begins, we have to begin to recognize if we have wrong thinking. And here's where you look. What are your moods? What is your conversation? And what are the actions slash choices of your life? That's where we look to determine if we have some wrong thinking. And I, I know this when I began to evaluate or look at some of my thinking I noticed there's some moods in my life, and it shows I've got some. Now, I'm not talking about you just had a bad hair day, and you woke up, just a bad day. Sometimes we just had that. I'm talking about just some consistent wrong moods in some areas, or just some consistent wrong conversation, or some consistent just wrong choices or actions. It shows us, you know what, there's some wrong thinking behind it, because you just don't choose without thinking, and you just don't choose without feeling. Has anyone ever just felt something, made a decision, like, oh, man, that's bad? We had some wrong thinking in those areas. And so the book of Romans, Paul said this, every day we need to dedicate our thinking and just lay it down before the Lord. Say, I, I, I refuse to be conformed to that thinking any longer and let God transform my thinking. God's the ultimate transformer. He will transform. It's where we get the word metamorphosis. He can take wrong thinking, alter it into right thinking, change the level of living in your life. God can do that if we allow him. Then we learned last week that once we start recognizing wrong thinking, we have to begin to remove wrong thinking from our lives. And the Bible says this in the book of 3 John. It says, your life, uh, um, 3 John says this, above all things, I would have you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. So your life, the prosperity of your life, the journey of your life, the success of your life is connected to the thoughts we're most consistently having. Now, sometimes there's some thoughts that have been in our life that we've welcomed or things have happened, or we've just been trained up, or we've been influenced, or we've been informed, and they're just in there, and they're stubborn thoughts. The Bible calls them strongholds. And the truth of the word of God will tear down strongholds. Strongholds are just a stubborn way of thinking that we've had. And the Bible says that the truth of the word of God can pull down strongholds, the strongest of strongholds. And the word of God can refute every argument. An argument is something that raises its opinion up against what the word of God says. And you've got to answer those things. When the Bible calls you broke and poor, you've got to refute that. When the Bible says that you're no good, you're not worthy, when the, Bible th or when, the, when the world or when your thoughts throw shame on you, you've got to be able to refute that. How can you do that? With the word of God. And the word of God will bring those thoughts captive and it will imprison those thoughts. And so we've talked about recognizing wrong thinking, removing wrong thinking. And if I just left you at this point in the series, I would leave you in a place like, well, thank you for telling me I have wrong thoughts and beating me up about it and sending me home. But I'd like to tell you this morning that you need to not only remove wrong thinking, you need to replace wrong thinking. And I'm gonna show you how to replace wrong thinking this morning so you are in the right place. But I, I gotta say this, I am not talking about just thinking your way to a higher level of intellect. I am talking about taking the word of God and changing your stankin' thinking. Look at someone and say, he is preaching to you for sure this morning. <laughs> that was your chance to let him have it. I mean, like, <laughs> he, 
So Romans chapter 8, verse 5, look what the word of God says. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the But those who live according to the spirit, they set their mind on the things of the So it tells us right here, it's where we're setting our minds. It's where we're focusing our attention. And it goes on the next few verses and it says, if you think on wrong thoughts or on the flesh, it's going to lead to death. Now where death does, it just doesn't mean your last breath. It means sickness, brokenness, depression, illness. It just means all those things. Where our mind gets set, that's what manifests in our life. But those whose minds are being set and focused on the things of the Spirit, the Bible said, it actually leads to life and it leads to peace. And you know what? The world we're, li- we're living in today, if we could bottle this peace and sell it, I mean, we'd make out. The world is void of peace right now. But the Bible said, if your thinking is on spiritual things, there's a promise, peace. And the Bible says God's peace is unexplainable. Sometimes you don't know how it came or where it come from or how it works. It just changes things. You could be in the middle of a chaotic situation, all hell coming loose at you at every angle, and just have the peace of God. But that comes from your thinking. Because the word of God changes your perspective and your outlook. If he can change your outlook, he can change the outcome. Let's keep reading. Ephesians chapter 4. It says this. If indeed you have heard him and you have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. So it's talking about truth here again, which is the word of God who is Jesus. And this, this goes on to tell us what the truth does. It says this, that you need to put off, everyone say put off, concerning your former conduct or the old man which grows corrupt according to all of the deceitful lusts. This is where I got the idea that we need to put off or remove the wrong thinking that's connected to the old person that we used to be. So we need to put it off. In context, it would be like taking off an old garment. But let's read on. Verse 23 says, and not only take off the old or remove the wrong thinking, but be what? Renewed in the spirit of your where, we, where do we have to be renewed at? The spirit of our mind. So we're renewed in the spirit of our mind that you put on the new man which was created according to God in, in, in true righteousness and in true holiness. So what this means is we have to put off or remove old thinking and we have to put on new thinking. And it's talking about in the dispos, in the disposition or the position or the disposition of our minds, the attitudes of our mind. L- let me put it to you a little bit more easily. What it means is that we sink into right thinking. So we take off the old garment and we just sink into new thinking. We sink into truth. We sink into what God says about us. We sink into who he says we are. We, we, we take off, I'm overwhelmed, and we sink into I'm an overcomer. We take off anxiety and stress and we sink into joy and peace. We just sink into the truth. And that's all, but we have to do that on a continued basis. And I just want to say this to you that you know, becoming a Christian just takes putting your faith in Jesus. Having your mind transformed and renewed takes some spiritual energy to keep putting faith in the word of God. Keep laying yourself down and putting faith into the things of God. In other words, we need to have some things reprogrammed. You know, if you need to get something out of your computer, you have to program it in there. But if there's some stuff in there, you need to reprogram it and defrag it and reboot it every once in a while. 
our minds the same way. There's some things that need to be reprogrammed because you were taught those things or you went through some things and you're thinking the wrong thing. And as long as you're thinking the wrong things, you can't go in the right direction. You won't have the right destiny. So you could be saved and be full of all kinds of stuff up here. And God says, I want your minds to be changed and renewed and remodeled. So many times we are dealing with, and just let me help you with this. We're dealing with, okay, we're to be stewards of our spirit man, feeding our spirit man. That's why you're here this morning. I commend you. You're here, you're worshiping, you're receiving the word of God. You're stewarding the spirit man. And you know what? We're also supposed to steward the flesh in our life. In other words, this should be very practical. If you overdose on Twinkies, I mean, you got to go to the gym once in a while. You got to exercise some things. That's stewarding your body, stewarding the flesh. But we also have to steward our thinking. If you just let your physical body go and you don't exercise and you overdose on Twinkies, how many know that you're going to pay the consequence? It's the same thing with our thinking. If we don't steward our thinking and just let our thoughts go, how many know it's going to put us in a place of ruin? It really is. But here's what happens is you got saved and you're made complete and new in the spirit, man. But there's just, here's the best word I can use. There's some old residue left over from how you used to live. There's some old residue left over from how you used to think. There's some old residue. And that's what the Bible says we need to keep having renewed in our life. It's not that you're not saved. It's not that you don't love Jesus. It's not that you're not going to heaven, but to break you through in some areas of your life, God wants to deal with that old residue. And it's just old thinking. You went through some stuff. Some stuff happened. You thought wrong. You were taught wrong. And like I said, one of the most humbling things is to realize, you know what? I have thought wrong on some things because it deals with your pride. Anyone ever have some pride? Three people? The rest of you, you have a pride problem because you could not recognize them. (laughs) So science tells us there are two mental laws. And honestly, you, you'll see as I share these that really, they just back up what scripture says. So science says the first law is the law of concentration, which says this, you, you can really only think one thought at a time, but what you think on the most grows into your life experience. In other words, your life moves in the direction of what you're thinking about the most. So concentrating, another word would be focus. The Bible principle would be the law of attention. What you put your attention to, you're moving in that direction You can only think one thought at a time, and you're moving in that direction. But science says there's also a second law. It's the law of substitution, which means I can take one thought, substitute it for another, and change the mental outlook. Well, that's what Romans says, that my mind can be remodeled, renewed, reprogrammed. Now, I'm not talking about just you ascending mentally. I'm talking about taking the words of Jesus, putting it to those thoughts in your life, and changing those thoughts. So if your life has been moving in a direction, some of you may, your life's just moved in a very depressing, lonely direction for a while. What needs to happen is something needs to interrupt that, change the course of that, so you can begin to think on some other things. Because what you think on the most, it's just going to grow into experience in your life. That's what happens in our life. But man, the word of God can get in there, interrupt things, change things, and set things on a different course. Let's go to the book of Colossians. We're going to start digging into this for just a moment. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, verse 2. If then you were raised with Christ. So what's that saying? If you are a believer. Any believers in the house? So if you're a believer, if you've been raised with Christ, look what it says. Then start seeking the things which are what? Above, where Christ is seated. 
at the throne. And then it says, and set your mind on the things that are above, not the things that are on the earth. So to begin to learn to replace some thinking, it starts with this. If you've been raised with Christ, if you are a Christian, if you are a believer, if you are a Jesus follower, if you are a Jesus disciple, we need to start seeking something that's higher than just what's around us. We need to seek something that's just, uh, it's not what the world seeks. It's different. It's, it's actually higher. And we're seeking it, which means we're pursuing that and we're setting our mind on things that are higher. Remember, if you set your mind on higher things, life and peace. Set your mind on flesh things or lower things, comes death. So we're to seek higher things. And really, let me give you a different word, focus. Putting your focus on an ongoing basis on higher things. I looked up the word focus. I mean, we use that word, but it means this, to be preoccupied with something. What if you and I begin to preoccupy ourselves with higher thinking? And when, I'm being, when I say higher thinking, I mean the word of God. What if we got preoccupied, because we get preoccupied with thinking on lower things, circumstances, situations, what we're not, what we don't have, what's not working, what's going on, what's crazy in the world. And we get preoccupied with that thinking. The Bible says, no, 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 start seeking and start setting. Put your focus more consistent on what? The higher things. Because the Bible said, you know what? You're in the world, but you're actually, you're, you're from a higher place. Did y'all get that? You're, 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 you're here. You're really not from here. You can think differently. Yeah, someone said, thank the Lord. Yes, absolutely. So it's about the focus. Now, listen, listen to, I'll put this down. And, and this is one of those things when I say it, you, you need to go, mm, got that. Mm, very good. Mm. So right, here we go. L listen to the statement. You cannot consistently act contrary to your heart. Let's try that over. You cannot consistently act contrary to your heart. What that means is you cannot act differently than you're thinking. But, but, but let me help you. This thought changing, this rethinking, the good thing is it's a process. And God's committed to it. There are areas of my life God's taking me through a process of changing some thinking. And it changed my outlook and it changed my behavior. Anyone else? And God's always working on our stinking thinking. But God wants to change our heart. He wants to change our affections. But we're always going to move in that direction. We cannot act or be contrary to really what we're thinking. You may want, but you can't because what you think about the most, that's you. You might want to be full, full of joy, but if you keep thinking depression, you're not. I might want to be full of faith, but all I'm thinking about is the feelings. So the Lord has to help us, and it's a process we go through, and he's committed to the process, and he changes us little by little, little by little, little by little, as we keep laying these things down to him. God is so gracious, isn't he? Has anyone ever just made a really dumb decision? Well, listen to this message. No. You know, you just didn't wake up one day and be like, just make a decision. You, you thought and you felt and you made some choices. Here's the cool thing. What God starts doing is changing this process and altering us. One of the best things is we start making some better decisions in our lives. The best example, and I'm going to act like I know what I'm talking about here, but has anyone ever um, laid concrete before? So when you're laying concrete, it, it, it's a taskful job, and you have to get it right. It has to have the right mixture of, you know, of, of the concrete and water. And, and so when you first start putting that concrete down, it's a little mushy. 
And you're like, how's this ever gonna hold anything up? But it's a little mushy, but eventually that concrete starts to what? Solidify and harden from the inside out to where it's a firm foundation, it's concrete, it's solid. That's kind of like when God starts working on our thinking, it's a little mushy at first. It's a little sloppy at first. It's a little messy at first, and you're wondering, like, man, I, that's, you ever just feel mushy up here when God starts working on some thoughts? But what's God doing? From the inside out, God's solidifying. God's setting some things. And so if we keep setting our heart and mind on the Word of God and start setting our thoughts there, it's going to start getting concrete. And what will happen is, at first, it's a challenge to think differently and let the Word of God be a new level or standard of thinking. But man, once you start thinking on that level, you start buying into that level, it becomes more set and more concrete in your life, and you're going to start making some better decisions and some better choices. That, that, that phrase, set your thoughts, could be said a few different ways. And, and the reason why I'm reading these is because I think they'll be really helpful to us. So we can say it this way, let this mind be in you. We could say it this way, um, to exercise your mind. How many know it's important to go to the gym and exercise your body? Do some walking around the neighborhood, right? I try to work out three or four times a week, uh, and so it's important to exercise. But how many know it's also important to exercise this? And so it's what it means. Exercise your mind on the Word of God. Set your mind on the Word of God. We could say it this way, have the opinion of the Word of God. We could say it this way, interest yourself in the Word of God. Direct your mind to the Word of God or take the side of the word of God. So what we're doing is we need to exercise our mind to the word of God. Exercise our mind, set our mind, take the opinion of the word of God. Here's why this is so important. Because the moment we take our attention or our energies or our efforts off of setting our mind on the word of God, our lives have this strange tendency to revert back to bad thinking. It just has this tendency to go backwards, to revert back to some old tendencies, to revert back to some uh, things that, that, that we don't want to think or live like anymore. For, for example, that's why the Bible says there are some serious things in the doctrine of the word of God we got to keep hearing and hearing. Now, what's the Bible says? Faith comes by hearing and hearing. Here's why we have to keep hearing. If we don't keep hearing, we start to drift. And so you start to drift, you start to slide off some things. You start to back off some beliefs. You start to lessen down your faith in some particular areas, especially some real important things like faith. You gotta keep hearing about faith or you'll slip off into some doubt. How about healing? You gotta keep hearing about the fact that God's a healer or we'll back off of those things. Or how about this? We gotta keep hearing that God wants you to prosper or we'll back off some things. Or how many, you know, you gotta keep hearing about grace or we'll back off grace. You gotta keep hearing that you're righteous or you'll get into shame. You gotta keep hearing that God's for you or you'll start to question if God is for you. So we got to keep, the Bible says, exercise your mind on those things. Set your mind on those things. So the, 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 the best thing, the best example I can give you is concrete starting to solidify. Now here, I, I want you to hear this. This is an amazing, amazing scientific fact that your mind is a very, uh, it thinks in routines and it thinks in patterns and it gets so used to the emotional feelings that are associated with your thoughts and your decisions that when it comes time for your mind to make a decision, that part of your mind goes to sleep. And you make routine decisions over and over. Now think about that. You're so used to thinking a certain way, then when it comes time to make a decision, those emotions shut down, and that part of your brain just goes to sleep, and you make the same decisions out of routine. What needs to happen is something needs to be interrupted and changed for your thinking to change, and your decisions can follow. 
Isn't that an amazing thing? Your mind just goes to sleep. It's so used to making decisions because they're associated with what? An emotion. It's associated with a fear. It's associated with a wound. It's associated with just, no, just your thinking pattern. That's why the Bible says your mind needs to be what? Altered, changed, remodeled, reprogrammed. It needs flipped. Look at, one, look at someone say, your mind needs flipped, homie. So let me share with you just for the next few moments as I finish, I call these three thought replacers. So we know we've recognized, anyone recognize some wrong thinking over the last few weeks since we've done this series? Hopefully I helped you last week. I just need to remove some of that wrong thinking. And so when I was growing up, we, these, these ad campaigns started coming out and it was don't do drugs, don't drink and drive, don't do this, don't do that. And there was a lot of don't, don't, don't. And it's sort of what people think the church is like. Well, it's just rules. Don't do this, don't do that. Don't. But they never said, don't do this, do that. So I don't want to leave you here today and just say, you got some wrong thinking. Y'all got some stinking thinking and you're a heathen and you just need to go home and think right. I, that doesn't help you. What I need to do is say, let me tell you how to remove it, but we need to start replacing it with some do's instead of a bunch of don'ts. These are three simple things I believe is going to help you. So how, what are the three thought replacers? How do we replace some wrong thinking? Number one, we've got to meditate on the word of God. Somebody say meditate. Now, let me stop right here because if you are anything like me, when I see the word meditate, I think of some long-haired dude sitting cross-legged in a toga on the beach humming. <laughs> Get that out of your mind. Let me give you the real definition of meditation, and I'll tell you what the Bible says about it. Here's, here's what meditate means. It means you think deeply or you focus so deeply on something in your mind for a period of time. That's what meditate means. So it's not the guy on the beach in the toga. It's you just focusing in and thinking on something for a period of time. It also means this, to make a plan mentally and to consider things in your mind. So the, the first thing you and I need to do is start to think on, focus on for a period of time, the words of Jesus or the word of God. Now the Bible word for meditate is kind of a weird word. Um, once again, I'm gonna act like I know about this, but um, a cow, when a cow, and I'm not a farmer, so somebody help me out. Anyone know anything about cows? Great. So <laughs> I've seen this, I really have. I, I, when a cow begins to chew what is called his cud or the hay, he, he chews and he just mulls it over and over, sometimes to kind of spit it up and chew it again. It's kind of a gross picture but he's just over and over and over chomping on this. That's the word the Bible uses for meditate. We just need to chew on the things of God, chew on the word of God, chew on the principles of God over and over. In the book of Joshua, chapter one, verse eight says this, meditate on the words of God during the daytime and during the night, and it's gonna make your way prosperous and successful. Now, I don't think there's anybody in here or watching at home on live stream that woke up this morning saying, I don't think I wanna be successful. I, you know, I'm, I'm all right, just, um, my, my, my daughter, um, when she was in high school, was on the dance team. She got all of her moves for me, um, but she was on the dance team, and so she had this one little friend who used to ride home with us a lot from the games, and so it was after a game one night, and they're in the back seat, and they're talking, and so they were getting stars for their performances, how well they were excelling, and they were talking about who got stars and this whole thing, and her little friend says this, she goes, I don't really want that many stars. She goes, I just want to be average. And I, I'm like, you don't want to be average. And she's like, no, I, I want to be average. I'm like, who taught this child to be average? 
Because God put something in me and he put something in you to overcome, to thrive, to achieve, to succeed. And so somehow she just got the impression that average was good enough. You don't want an average marriage. You don't want an average occupation. You don't want an average career. You don't want an average relationship. You don't want an average walk with Jesus. The Bible says this, you chew and meditate on the things of God and you do them, it will bring you what? Success. Actually, the Bible says this, if you just hear and you don't do these things, you deceive yourself. So what that's saying is I gotta take what God says, meditate on it and obey it and it's gonna bring success into my life. So how do you start replacing those thoughts? I'm gonna start focusing my attention. I'm gonna start meditating on the things of God. Look at this, Philippians chapter four. Y'all doing all right? Philippians chapter four, look at verse eight. Finally, brethren, anytime you see a phrase like that, it's like, let's wrap this up, put your attention here. Finally, brethren, so if I said this to you today, finally, guys, listen to this. Whatever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, of good report, if there's virtue to it, if it's praiseworthy, meditate, focus your attention for a period of time on those kind of things. Paul said that. Paul said there are eight principles in here that we need to think on. This is not on the screen, but I want to read it to you from the Passion Bible. Listen to this. It says this. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind. And listen to this. It says, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, always praising him. I like that phrase, always fasten your thoughts. There's a lot of stuff that wanted to bring your thoughts unfastened. Always fasten your thoughts. What if that, if you were seeking to fasten your thoughts? I'm setting my thoughts. I'm fastening my thoughts on some things. Man, what if we all did that? I mean, when you leave here and you get up in the morning, what if you started fastening your thoughts on the word of God? Not CNN, not Facebook, not the neighbor's opinion, not the medical report, not Wall Street's report. Come on, somebody, I'm just gonna keep fastening them on the word of God. And Paul said, this is the things we need to think on. He gave us a list. He said, think on things that are true. That means if they're honorable, I'm gonna put my thoughts on them. There's so much dishonorable stuff in our world right now, I'm gonna keep fastening my thoughts on what's honorable. He said, uh, he said, fasten your thoughts on the things that are truthful, not deceptive. In other words, I'm gonna focus on what's truth and not deception. I'm not gonna focus on the fake news. I'm gonna focus on the truth. Y'all with me? Yeah. And he says this, keep thinking on the things that are just. In other words, these are the things that are the facts. They're in accordance with what's right. He went on, he said, think on the things that are pure, the things that aren't defiled. Think on the things that are lovely, which means agreeable. In other words, I'm gonna get into agreement with what Jesus said. Those are the lovely things. I'm gonna get in disagreement with the world's prophecy. I'm gonna get into agreement with what the word of God is predicting. I'm gonna think on the things that have a good report to them. That means they're constructive, not destructive, or they're positive, they're not the negative stuff. You know how easy, sometimes we just think negative, negative. You ever been around somebody, everything's negative. How's it going? Well, it's gonna rain, storms are coming. It's just always predicting that. Why, do they, why would they predict that? Because that's what they're thinking about. Let's keep going here. So Paul said, um, think on the things that have moral excellence to them and think on the things that are praiseworthy. That means things that are full of esteem. So we need to just meditate on what the word of God is saying because we spend a lot of time meditating on other stuff. It's called worry. It's called anxiety. It's called stress. You start focusing on all that stuff, you're gonna get stressed. 
God didn't make your body for sure. I mean, there's a doctors here that they'll tell you that most of your ailments are stress-induced. That's why Jesus said, roll that stuff over on me, think on some higher things. It don't even change your physical body. I go to the chiropractor, he'll, he'll, he'll say, okay, what's hurting? I'm like, it's in this shoulder. He said, well, that's where you carry your stress. Because you're setting focus. So first thing we do, let's learn to meditate on the word of God. Second thing, let's learn to memorize the word of God. Everyone say memorize. Meditate, memorize. Y'all with me? They all start with M, so you can get these, right? I used to be a youth pastor. That's how we taught. We're going to meditate on the word of God. Because we meditate on a lot of stuff. We're going to start memorizing the word. Now, when my daughter was young and we moved here, we put her in a Christian school. And we went in for one of those teacher-student meetings. And they were sharing with us part of the curriculum was to memorize scripture, which I thought was great. If I started looking at the scriptures they were memorizing, such and such begat, such and such, and such begat, and, and I, I said, why are we memorizing that? Not that it's not important. And I said, why couldn't we memorize some faith scriptures? And she's like looking at me like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm all for the scripture, but let's give her something that when, when fear comes, she says, I, don't, I wasn't given a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. When sickness comes, hey, healing belongs to God's kids. So find a couple scriptures. Start building your life on them. Start memorizing them. Don't go home tonight and try to memorize. If you can go home and memorize the whole Bible tonight, great. You can teach next week. But most of it, just get you some scriptures you can start to memorize. Because something's going to come at you in life and squeeze you, and whatever's in you is going to come out. If it's the word of God, the word of God's going to come out. If it's your pride, if it's your worry, if it's the other stuff, because whatever you've been thinking on is going to start squeezing out of your life. If we get the word of God in there, and I mean, get you some scriptures you can stand on. You know, when I, when I was um, younger, my, my wife says this, and, and please understand how I'm saying this. This is an example. My wife says, she says something to me one day. She goes, I just love how confident you are. You'll just, you'll do anything. And, 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 now, that used to be like really risky stuff. I'm mature now. <laughs> but, the, but, but here's, here's what happened in my life. I used to be not confident at all and fearful. And before I knew anything about anything, my mom would always say, quote this scripture. For example, um, my background is, is sports. I'm sure you can tell. But when I played baseball, for some reason, I used to get beamed with the baseball all the time. So every time I would get in the batter's box, I had this tendency to do what? Jump out of the box because I didn't want to hit with the baseball. And so that's all I could think about, striking out, swinging, missing a free throw. And my mom started saying, you need to quote this scripture, and everyone knows it, but I can do all things. Christ strengthens me. And you know what happened the first time I said that? Up the bat, I hit a grand slam. Home, no, nothing really happened. I jumped out of the batter's box again. But the more I kept, kept just getting that scripture in me, that became my confidence because I was memorizing that scripture. And there's just some scriptures we need to memorize, especially the ones if we're going through something, some that makes sense in what we're going through. If you know there's some areas of your life that you really have some challenges in, get you two or three scriptures, the Bible calls them witnesses, and start standing on them. If you know in your life you just seem for some reason to have a battle with depression, get you some scriptures about the peace of God, about joy, because the Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. 
If you got some areas of your life where you struggle that you used to mess up in, find you that scripture in Corinthians, Corinthians that says that you are the righteousness of Christ or of God in Christ Jesus. If you feel like you're always getting defeated, grab you that scripture that says something like this, and all these things are more than a conqueror, or that scripture that says that I'm the head, I'm not the tail, I'm above, I'm not beneath, I'm an overcomer, I'm a champion in these things. I went through some stuff a few years ago, and God got me through it because I kept saying this one scripture over and over and over. I'm more than a conqueror amidst all these things. It's actually tattered right here. That's why, because I like to remind myself. And all these things, I'm more, I'm not telling you to go get the tattoo. I'm just saying, for me, I wanted to be reminded. I mean, it's cool. But I wanted to be reminded I'm more than a conqueror. Because that wasn't my thinking. My thinking was, oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh, why am I going through this? So we gotta meditate on that scripture. We gotta memorize some scripture. Here's the last one. We gotta mention the word of God. We gotta mention the word of God. I'm telling you how you replace your thinking. I meditate on the word, I memorize it, and I, I mention it. It's so important, because out of the abundance of your heart, you're yapper yaps. Out of the abundance of the heart, you speak. In other words, it's very strange that what you're thinking about, you don't say something. What comes out of our mouth is what we've been thinking on. And a part of replacing our thoughts is also mentioning the word of God. Now we're gonna do a practice here for just a second. We've done this as a staff. I didn't come up with this myself. I stole this from Creflo Dollar. But I just want you to do something. Everyone, let's just start counting. One. Okay, stop. Let's, let's do the ABCs. A, B, C. Okay. Let, 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 now, when I tell you, I want you to do what I say. Let's start counting again. One, two, three, four. Now, shout your name. Let's do it again. One, two, three. Shout your name. See, what happens is you can count. It's routine in your life. You've been doing it for years. The ABCs. It's just stuff you learn. It's stuff, stuff that influence, just stuff you know, and you're just repeating it. You can do it without even really what thinking. But the moment I said, shout your name, what did you have to do? You have to change gears. You had to change your thinking, and you weren't thinking about counting anymore. What were you thinking about? Shouting your name. See, when, that, when those old habits and patterns that you've just gotten used to doing, I'm not good enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not blessed enough, I'm not wealthy enough, I don't have enough education, I can't do this, this is against me, my family's crazy, all this stuff just, and it's just, you're just used to thinking, mama was sick, papa was sick, they had heart disease, I'm gonna have heart disease. What happens? We're, we're strangely moving out of summer into fall. And here's what we're gonna start hearing in a couple months, the newest strand of the flu. I mean, we've had the monkey flu, the swine flu, the bird flu. I don't know what's next. The gerbil flu, I don't know what's next. But we, we, we just buy into that thinking. The word of God needs to interrupt your thinking. Now, now here's what the Bible says, I'm wrapping up. The Bible says you have some weapons. We learned about this last week. And one of the weapons you have is the belt of what? Truth. You have the belt of truth. That's the written word of God. That's the top of the list there in Ephesians. But when you get to the bottom of that list, it says you also have the sword of the spirit. 
The belt of truth is the written word of God. The sword of the spirit is the spoken word of God. And the Bible calls it a two-edged sword. Now, if you've never heard me say this before, here's what that means. uh, A sword usually has one blade to it and then a dull side. But the word of God has two edges, two blades, two sides, blades on both sides. And here's why. When it came out of God's mouth, that was the first edge of the sword. But when it comes out of your mouth, that's the second edge of that sword. In other words, when you say what God said, it makes it two-edged. And that's what will cut through your thinking. That's what will cut through the flesh. That's what will cut through those things. And so that's why we, here's how you replace your thinking. You get up tomorrow, meditate on the word of God. If it's one scripture, just start meditating. Just start chewing on it. Maybe, maybe you've been really discouraged. Find you something that's encouraged. Get you a couple and just start meditating on what Jesus said. And then memorize it. The reason why you're memorizing it is not to get smart. It's so you can speak it. The Bible says if we hide the word of God in our heart, it'll keep us from some things. It'll get us through some things. So we got to put the word of God in here. Just meditate on the word of God and then speak it. Because the word of God goes from information to transformation or from theory to action when you declare it. In other words, it'd be like this. This book is full of the energy of God, but it is latent energy until you activate that energy. And you activate it by speaking it. It takes it from theory to, to, to manifestation. It takes it from philosophy to action when you speak the word of God. It's a great book, but it's like every other book until it is what? Received, meditated on, and mentioned. But when you mention the word of God, things begin to change. So if you catch yourself just thinking something nasty, something uh, depressing, something um, down and out, something that has to do with anything that's not, that's why Paul said, you gotta set it. How do you set it? Well, I'm gonna keep thinking on it, get it in here, and I'm gonna mention the word of God. I promise you, if you're thinking something that's taking you down different, just start speaking the word of God out loud and it will have to change. You cannot act contrary to your heart and your thinking. So when you start saying it, because the Bible says, check this out, faith comes by and hearing and hearing. What happens when you say the word of God? If faith comes by and you hear the word spoken, what happens? Faith rises up. Whether you hear me say it or you hear you say it, you say it enough, you'll get faith because the word of God works. Money back, guarantee. It works. When you speak it, it's active. Somebody needs to look at me like you believe that's true. Here's the deal. Your behavior, your addictions, your bondages, your direction in life follows your thinking. And if some direction and some behavior and some actions have been off or destructive in your life, it's time to let the word of God change how you're thinking because new behavior and new action and new direction will change your thoughts. It'll follow your thoughts. And once again, I'm not talking about just the guy in the toga on the beach, just mm, I'm not talking about that dude. Actually, I had a a psychologist walk up to me this morning and said, this is what I do every day, positive thoughts. It helps people change. I said, absolutely. It's a Bible principle. The only difference is positive thoughts can change things, but when it's the word of God, it'll change everything. Because it's not not you, it's not just good thoughts, it's God thoughts. Amen. Amen. Someone get something good this morning? So, when you go home, 
and you get up in the morning, get, get your word and just read something and get a scripture and just say, you know what? I mean, it's so easy. You don't have an excuse now. Used to, you had to flip through all these books and find the numbers in the back of the Bible. You don't have to do it. You Google it now. Give me a scripture on fighting depression. Give me a scripture on joy. Give me a scripture on healing. Give me a scripture on restoration. And just get you to it. And just, this week, just, just meditate on them. Just meditate this week. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to meditate on some peace this week. Memorize that scripture. God gives peace that's unexplainable. And when it comes, it changes things. Or the joy of the Lord is my strength. If you feel like you don't have any strength, you've just been discouraged, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm just going to meditate on what that means. That means the enthusiasm. It means to put, in, it means to put the thews in. God's enthusiasm getting in me. Enthusiasm, that's the joy of the Lord. Joy is not a feeling. Joy is a fruit. So the fruit of Jesus is my strength, not my feelings. All hell can break loose around me. I got some peace in here. I got some, meditate on that. Memorize that scripture. And all these things I miss, all these things, I'm an overcomer. If you're going through crazy stuff, challenges, just quote this scripture. Amidst all these things, I'm a conqueror. Or you can even, you can even quote this one. Count them all up to joy. If anyone going through a lot right now, the Bible said just count it all joy. That's what y'all do. Joy, I count it all joy. I count it all joy. If someone's coming against you, I went through a season when a lot of people coming against me. I had a good ministry friend said, you need to bless them. So I want to bless them. He said, that's how you break this. Well, I forgive them, but I'm not blessing them. He said, speak a blessing. You know what we started doing? We started speaking a blessing. God, just bless them. First, it was by faith. Trust me. I didn't want to, and I said, bless them. God, just bless them. God, bless them. God, bless them. God. And finally, all that stuff got out of me because I was quoting the word of God. My thinking had to change because I wanted to fight. I'm just telling you, it's where my flesh was. Let's all stand. Man, I hope you got something good today because I got something.